G'day guys and welcome back to the big finale of Just My Two Sensory. Over the last couple of weeks, I have attempted to break down not only movies, but also the way in which we consume them. I chose two films I knew nothing about apart from the fact that they were regarded as confusing and watched one on mute, then only listened to the other. There were three purposes to this entire experience. Number one was have a bit of unorthodox fun. Why not? Number two, see how well I could follow a movie whilst being impaired of very important senses. And number three was to identify which sense was more valuable in the case of watching movies. Today, we accomplish all three. Unfortunately, due to logistics, my guest couldn't make it in today, so I'll be flying Han Solo while I evaluate the movies, the senses, and this entire experiment. Some people may be thinking that this isn't a very fair experiment. Well, if you've been following this journey, you'll know I suck at science, so it was never going to be 100% foolproof anyway. Without any further ado, let's crack on to... The last ever breakdown. If you haven't seen Primer or Vertigo, I'd probably stop listening now because there are about to be a lot of spoilers with the last ever revelations. Let's start with Vertigo because this movie was a lot more straightforward when I was actually able to see it as well as hear it. So just a quick little breakdown of the plot. After Madeline dies, uh, supposedly, Scotty's mental state deteriorates and Judy is played by Kim Novak as well, which makes a bit more sense as to why he thought she looked so much like Madeline. I didn't know what either of them looked like, so I just assumed that she was very similar, but yeah, played by the same actress, there you go. She was playing a part and Scotty never actually met the real Madeline. Gavin murdered the real Madeline and threw her off knowing Scotty wouldn't be able to save her with his fear of heights. So Judy still does love Scotty, who is obsessive over her because he thinks she looks like Madeline. And she wants to be loved for being Judy, but he's just trying to make her uh, Madeline. And uh, he's trying to recreate that night that he couldn't save her to cure himself. And so they go back to the same place that Madeline supposedly died, and a nun startles her, and she plummets to her death, with Scotty looking down in horror because he has lost her again, but this time forever. So it wasn't the ghost of Carlotta that uh, that startled her, it was actually just a nun which is quite interesting, it could be a symbol of innocence or her guilt, you know but uh, speaking of the nun, I watched that the other night, that was quite possibly the worst movie I have ever seen and to be honest I wish I had no sight or hearing during it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. Back to Vertigo and my theories, it wasn't both of them that died like I had thought it was just the lady that died and my other theory of scotty being crazy i think is still plausible but it isn't ever really touched up on in the film except for the fact that everyone agrees he goes kind of crazy in the second half of the film where he's quite obsessive but i think he's crazy the entire film so i might just have to keep that to myself as a bit of a fan theory oh yeah and that uh and that mitch character her real name is actually midge which is a name I've never heard before, but it fits a female more than Mitch does, I reckon. And I I read something up as well. I like that she is the opposite of everything in the movie. She's grounded and realistic. And in the sanatorium, when Scotty is spiraling out of control, spiraling like the images used to depict Vertigo, mm, she leaves him, almost as though though his reality is leaving. Wow, I I could write an epic essay on this movie. But yeah, it was nice to get some answers when I was able to use both senses. Though the screenplay was somewhat easy to follow, the parts where it was just music were difficult, so it was nice being able to see what was happening. Unfortunately, I couldn't say the same thing for Primer, because having both senses still didn't help me. I honestly don't know why I deprived myself of a sense when watching this film. It's hard enough with all senses and makes you feel like you're deprived of a brain. 
They used so much technical mumbo-jumbo, I just couldn't follow what was going on. I read that the writer did this on purpose to ensure it wasn't, in quotation marks, dumbed down. But for me, the word dumb makes us all seem like idiots, when in actual fact, everyone who has seen it is just as bamboozled as the next person. So I watched a video on YouTube afterwards called Primer Illustrated Explanation, and I recommend everyone watch that because I do not have enough time to tell you exactly what happened. But here's my attempt at a plot deconstruction. So rather than being an endless loop, there are actually different characters are from different timelines that they have created, and they use it to learn about the stock markets and make money, I think. And it sends them six hours back. So apparently when they're in the hotel room with no technology, where I thought they were loving each other, it turns out that that's where they go to ensure that two versions of themselves aren't on the street at the same time. But then it all goes wrong when they find multiple versions of someone else that isn't one of them. So Abe, the, the, the good blonde guy, wants to end it all. And seeing as he was the one who made the first time machine, he also made a fail safe and wants to go back to stop them from ever time traveling. Aaron, the main fellow, the brunette, is against this and it is revealed he discovered the failsafe and went right back ages ago. When he puts a version of himself in the attic, he is actually changing the past and posing as a previous version of himself to ensure that Abe can't convince him to stop. So Aaron is actually obsessed with the possibilities of their work whilst Abe is cautious about all the repercussions. I think. In the end, they go their separate ways. So Abe watches over the previous versions of themselves to make sure that they don't do any time traveling. And the factory that Aaron flies off to work on turns out to be overseas and manufacturing an even bigger version of the time machine. So it uh, wasn't a con- continuous loop like I thought, and they weren't in love, but quite the contrary. They were friends turned enemies. Honestly, if you watch it on mute, it looks like they're in love. But anywho, let's move on to the senses. My poll that I created on Facebook showed that more people believe sight would prevail in this mission to decipher cinema. I thought that would be the case as well, to be honest, because as Helena from last week pointed out, our most relied upon sense is sight, especially when you consider everyday tasks, which nowadays watching movies is probably considered part of with all the netbooks and faceflixes out there. But then she made a great point and noted movies are stories, which we listen to. When a story is told to you, you reimagine it based on what you hear. It happens everywhere, from catching up with someone to listening to the radio to listening to a podcast like this one right now, though I'm probably still confusing the daylights out of some of you. Both senses are just super important, and I'm stoked I have both of them. But for this, there can only be one winner. So let's move on to The Verdict. Overall, unfortunately, my theories were pretty wrong, but I think I was closer with Vertigo. So in this case, I'll say hearing was more important, but Primer is just a fucking nightmare of a film to follow, so it's quite an unfair test. As one of my fans, Ollie Green, said, you'd have an easier time following Vertigo's screenplay than understanding Primer with both sight and sound. And to that I say amen, and I'll even add to that quote by saying, even after multiple viewings and an explanation video for Primer, the audio of Vertigo was easier to follow. Next time I'll choose movies with a more similar confusion level, but for this particular case, I proclaim the ears as the champion. So there you have it. Now we are at that bittersweet moment when you come to the end of a journey you've enjoyed so much. No, okay. Well, I know I did. Though if I were to change anything, I would choose movies that people have actually seen. That may be hard for me to find, but I guess it would make a more definitive answer because the plots would be a lot less ambiguous. 
But other than that, I hope you've learned a thing or two, even if it's just the fact that uh, now you see me as rubbish and I'm rubbish at science. But above all, I hope you learn to be thankful, thankful for the fact that you have both of these senses that you may take for granted every now and then. I know I am now, and that's just after doing such a simple activity as watching a movie. So thank you so much for listening. Cheers.